In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, there's no agenda. We're just going to talk about some crap. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the cute dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Hello. And we are here today just to dip in and give you a brief journey episode about where we are and what is going on. I say there's no agenda, but I got a mini agenda in front of me. Um, I went with no agenda because I started writing some things down and then I said, you know, this is probably better for us just to discuss, um, all the things that we've been going through over the last several weeks. You got to know that the struggle is real just because you have a podcast does not mean life is perfect. It's anything but perfect. So what we, uh, endeavor to do is to share what we go through with you so that you can take it and uh, break it down and see how you can make it uh, a part of your life and make your life better. So, you know, being a good, chivalrous, studly man that I am, go ahead, honey, talk about some things. No, we were going to talk about you and some things. Oh, good. <laughs> talk about you and some things. How are things going with you? Check-in. No agenda check-in. Let's do this. With me, they're slow. Right now, I'm kind of backtracking. I got off track with my eating, my diet plan, and my exercise plan. I got off track with my writing, so that went backwards a little bit. So now we're trying to get the train back on the tracks. Well, what? where do you, you kind of think... The train got off the tracks. It started in November when we had all the craziness hitting us at the same time. We had all the stuff going on with Aaron and taking on Saya. And then we went through holidays and COVID and family and then us getting sick and then all the stuff that went on with that and your job going up and down and us going up and down. And um, I wasn't focused on anything dealing with myself. I was writing, but I wasn't happy with what I was writing. And I went and did a stupid and wiped out about 30,000 words worth of writing and had to go back and rewrite 30,000 words worth of writing, Hmm. which also built a restructure to the story. So that's set things back a little bit. But um, it's just been several things hit, and I know me. So when things go like that, I kind of put myself on the back burner automatically. And I start looking at, like, what do the kids need? When my dad was sick, what do my parents need? I I go into protective mode and I go into mom mode. And I put me way at the back of the equation and I don't focus on myself. And then we get times like this where it's like, oh, crap, okay, I'm feeling sick again. I'm not feeling real good. My story is still not done. I'm getting moody whenever you ask me about it. 
my goals and my time limits have been completely surpassed and forgotten. So now we're back to, I have to put me back on the front burner and push everything else to the back a little bit and figuring out that balance all over again. I know at one point there, you were like on fire. Like you were, there were gorillas all over the house and uh, you got your vision board done and you were really like blasting off like the shuttle. That was a week before Aaron came in and said, I'm leaving and Josiah's your problem. And when that happened, all my gorillas didn't matter. Nothing mattered because that was a complete, um, that was a kick to the gut, really. Not yeah. not because Saya is ours now, but just everything that we had put into. To Aaron. Not just Aaron. We had to help our kids understand that we were taking on two new people, mm-hmm. moving them into our home, and then walk them through the process of somebody telling them, I'm your brother, I'm never going anywhere, you're part of my life now, you're part of my family, and then just walking out just as quickly, and his solution to the hurt was, I'll take you for a Starbucks. And then he left. And the next conversation that you and I had with him, he was a complete and total a-hole about the stuff that we needed for the situation that he left us with. So it, it wasn't just going through being pissed off at somebody and having broken trust. It was me trying to go through the emotions of how do I help my daughter process this when she just fell apart not too long ago about people leaving our lives yeah, and not caring, saying their family and then having nothing to do with us. How do we help her go through the struggle she's going through with her brain and the medical situation we're dealing with? How do I help the other daughter who we just got to be okay with having other people in the house and considering them siblings and joking with people and opening up and not locking yourself in a room for quiet time and, you know, finally engaging again. And then she goes to shutdown mode again. It It's not, it's not his fault, so to say. It's just what I do when life hits us. My primary purpose in my life is to raise our children to be able to function and succeed in life. Mm-hmm. And somebody came in and ripped all of what we had just finally rebuilt out from underneath them. And so I had to go back and rebuild it again. You and I had to go back and fix and, and put band-aids on things that shouldn't have never happened. But we had to figure out how to do it. And now we're still walking through, you know, navigating having Cy here with a bunch of other teenagers. And there are a lot of similar personalities in this house. So they rub each other all the time. And for me, I get irritated to the point of, y'all just figure out your own crap. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm, I'm over it. But at the same time, I have to deal with it because he's never had the structure. He's never had that um, accountability like the other kids. And they know that, so they bring it up. Well, how come we're accountable to this and he's not? Or how come if I did this, I would get in trouble, but he wouldn't? And it's funny because you don't realize it until you realize it. And then you're going, oh, crap. Well, okay. This is different standards for different people, but it's because of the circumstances and I let all of that become priority and I just let everything for myself just kind of 
vanish. I, I wasn't even looking at any self-awareness or self-evaluation until I got to the point of, oh, crap, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, now I know. And I, and I knew what it was. I knew what I was doing. There's, there's no point in, or place in me that says, well, this was accidental. No, because I know what it's like when I sabotage myself. I, I know what I'm doing. It's not intentional all the time, but I do know that I'm doing it. I just don't have the willpower to argue with it. I just do it anyway. Is it easy to revert to that because it's what you know? Yeah, and it's easier for me to do something for someone else than it is for me to do for myself. Yeah, because then you don't have to deal with you. Well, that, and I don't feel guilty for it. You don't feel guilty for it until later? Like when time has passed and you look and you don't see the progress you wanted or you're back here with your health or what is that? No, I don't feel guilt for that. I get pissed because for me, I figure I'm old enough. I should know how to balance this stuff. And I still don't. I honestly still don't. Um, If I look at more than one thing to do, like right now, trying to balance getting back into my workout routine, getting back on my eating plan, you know, trying to fix this problem I've created for myself and working on the book and trying to get that done it overwhelms me and it's a lot easier for me to just go okay well what do I need to be doing for the kids what do I need to be doing for the house what do I need to be doing for and I can push it all aside because it becomes overwhelming it becomes its own speed bump yeah I get that I mean I'm looking at you know I that the crazy thing is is that you, you said November and I was like what the heck happened in November because November has been so far removed from me it it feels it feels like the the place that i'm in maybe it's the same for everybody but for november feels like 10 years ago with what's been happening well, in yeah, my life nothing's changed in the last how many months it's just been one thing after another and we're just kind of rolling through life I don't, and I don't, i'm not saying it feels like 10 years ago as far as what 10 years ago felt like what I'm saying is it feels like 10 years ago, like it's been 10 years since November. So that's the hard that's the hard part for me is that I think I'm so, there is so much happening that November, just a few months away, feels like it's been 10 years since November. I don't. I don't really know if I'm explaining that right or not, but I, I, mean, I think it's just because there's so much going on that there's no slowdown period that you don't actually stop to realize, holy crap, April ends in like how many days? Yeah. You know, and then looking back and going, dude, we just put the Christmas tree away. Like what What in the world? It. I think it's just because it, it's not necessarily that we're busy. It's just that life just keeps moving and it keeps handing us crap. Well, I also wonder, just listening to myself, saying there's so much going on. And when pe- when I hear people say there was so much, it's so great, it's so this, it's so that, and I'm, I'm like, okay, well, give me some details. Give me some specifics on what so much looks like. And I wonder if it's me overwhelming myself with stuff is it a lot of stuff or is it just a few little things that are big well i know for me i've 
I mean, since the beginning of the year, it has been an extreme challenge for me. And I have, this is one of those years where I've questioned myself, do I really have what it takes on almost every area of my life? Um, do I really have what it takes to, to be this and to do these things? And it, the, I mean, the level of self-doubt over the past few months that I've been going through is astronomical. And I think falling into the trap of what is the outcome and not taking enough time to realize when you're in the middle of growth or change or adversity, that's the wrong time to doubt yourself. You have to relax on those principles or rely on those principles that you're building until, you know, your adversity strikes. And I really started questioning myself on every level. Um, on this no agenda, I wrote down a few things, but, you know, it was there was self-doubt, relationship struggles, parenting, podcast struggles, money struggles, writing struggles for you, um professional struggles, just trying to figure out where I fit. I've been doing this podcast thing. This is uh, year four, I think, uh, 2018, yeah, October 2018, 1920, 21, year three. Math is off. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, in my professional life, I've, I've been doing this particular job. I'm working on year 22. We've been married, working on year 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just wondering if I, even being a parent, autism just, it feels like autism kicks me in the balls so often. And it's usually when everything else is going to crap that autism decides, oh, look, you're down. Let me come get you. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You just, uh, you're down. Let Let me give you just a little extra here. And I've learned a lot about myself in the process of the struggle. And I believe it's, it's kind of one of my unspoken life philosophies that you will learn a lot about where you are. And of course, I was talking about that you know, from the book, It Takes What It Takes, I was talking about, you know, adversity is the the stress test for your process or your life um, philosophy, which I added life philosophy in there because I just do that stuff. But You're a deep thinker. I am. And I really, 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 you know, you know going through it. And when things start to turn around, and criticism turns into praise or criticism turns into positive words of affirmation, you know, you, you get to wondering, you know, why, why, where was Are some of real? this, where was some of the positive affirmation during, during the storm? Yeah, you're you're looking at um, just a kind of little background here. There, there's a lot of th- things going on at one time, and when you feel like 
you know, is this really where I fit? Am I doing the right thing? Am I a benefit to these people? Am I a detriment to these people? Is this a benefit to me or a detriment to me? You know, how does this help my family? And then you have autism kicking us in the teeth and you've got, you know, the financial issues going on and you and I are, we're holding on, but we're holding on. We're not at our best, but we're not necessarily at our worst either. Yeah. And then the people who are part of the kick you when you're down parade suddenly come back and say, oh my God, you're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of you for this. It's like, hold up. Wait a minute. Wasn't that your cleat I saw last week? I, you know, <laughs> you know, you're right, but I also wonder how much of that was me. How much of how much of me is kicking me when I'm down? Oh, you do that a lot. I do it too, but you do that a lot. You critique yourself to the point of um, insanity sometimes, because you will dig on something that's a, an issue for you that you don't like about yourself or that you see as a problem, and you go after it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you go after it. It's not something you were meant to go after. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with there's some things I wasn't meant to go after. Um, I do because sometimes I think you take the blame for things that aren't yours to take. Okay, well that's a different that's a different scenario. Yes and no because you're critiquing yourself, you're criticizing yourself for something that you believe is your responsibility or your fault. So you're going after this problem to fix it because why am I the problem? And it wasn't you that was the problem. But you're going after something because you think you're the problem, and you're not. Well, I mean, I and you know what? You're you're right about that. And if we publish this podcast, it's going to be out there. And I said, you're right about that forever. It's not the first time. Yeah, I know. It won't be the last time either. Um, A little easier to get you to say it than it is to get me, though, isn't it? Yeah, but we have an, <laughs> we just have an understanding where I already know. Uh-huh. But I, when I'm looking at myself and taking responsibility for things that aren't mine and trying to fix them anyway, I, I, that is a futile situation. And that are, that there are things there that I'm not supposed to go after. In whichever, in, and that's not particular to to work. That's not particular to podcasting that's that is just particular to life and what am i able to fix what can i affect about things that are outside of my control and you know those types of things are nothing but then i look at myself and i feel like i'm a bit of an odd creature and part of that i don't know where i fit in that self-doubt is like and this might sound super fake but it's not I just know my heart when it comes to helping people. And the only hidden agenda is seeing those people be successful. Like I say, it's not particular to work or, you know, No, it's not. You'll you'll enhance anybody who will give you the opportunity. And I just, um, you find that there's not a lot of people, huh, this is epiphany related I guess there's not a lot of people around you that are of like mind that help people to help it's almost like they help with a hidden agenda mm-hmm. so maybe that means you know it's important for you to keep better company we have some extremely amazing people in our life you know and some of those people 
we may be the source of misery sometimes because we lean on them so much. But I look at myself and I say, it's a trip that somebody who I believe I have pure motives in helping people get better in every walk of life. I don't just leave it to work or just this podcast. I try to do it for everybody, you know, that I come in contact with. Somehow make them better in some way. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I want to put this out there. It, It's just odd that my... There's, there's the only thing that would be in it for me is some sort of positive gratification to see that people are succeeding because I want people to walk in their destiny to be as the best that they can possibly be, you know whatever their potential is. I I just I desperately want to see them walk in it. Um, but sometimes it feels like the deck is just stacked against. People who want to help. Yeah. And uh, th- it this is dancing way too close to the pity it, line for me, so I'm not. Uh, okay. I'm so not gonna pursue that any further. Let's um, just back it up a second. First of all, maybe you're not meant to fit. Did you ever think about that? Because the person that you fashion your life after did not fit. Think about it. They didn't want him. They beat him. They argued with him. Look at your your faith-based belief. He did not fit. Okay? Yeah. So maybe you're not supposed to fit. People didn't just have things happen. They had to make a choice. They had to choose which path to follow. They had to choose to accept what was given. They had to choose to do what's right or what's not right. Mm-hmm. Freedom of choice. People who choose to allow you to speak into their life and to help them get better are also choosing to be held accountable. They're also choosing to look at themselves and some of the ugly parts they don't want to look at. And they're choosing to do something. Not let you do it, but them do it. People don't like that. It scares them, it frustrates them, and the fear of what if I fail hangs on everybody, myself included. That doesn't mean that you aren't, that, that it's you that doesn't fit. That means that they're making the choice. You've got several people in several different places, and I'm right there with you. I wonder all the time, because I have a very small handful of friends that I would seriously consider friends people that know me as well or close to as well as you do Mm -hmm. and I always worry you know if we move or if we go somewhere I'm not going to have these people anymore what am I going to do if I don't have these people anymore look at the last year I haven't had these people anymore and we're fine we struggle sure but the kids are fine we haven't had any major catastrophes happen we haven't had anything where, I mean, even in finding childcare, we've had to really shift gears and figure things out, but we figured it out. And I didn't rely on those five circle of friends that I would normally go to. We had to go outside that circle. So it's proven to me, no matter where we go or what we do, we'll be fine. It might not always be easy, but we'll be fine. Okay. 
Okay, so look at where you're sitting and what you're trying to do. The, if people choose, okay, I'm going to use Jill and you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. This person I love so much because her heart is to help and to fix. And I tell you, if there is a problem, this girl will find a solution and she will go after it until there is nothing left of herself to give to anybody else, including herself. And then she goes back on a roller coaster of just depression and not able to take care of herself. And then she shuts everybody off, goes into her little mental hole, goes and does her thing to get herself back in, into, you know, I feel better. I'm doing better. I'm, I'm, I feel good about myself. And then somebody else comes up with some reason or something and God love her. Her bleeding heart just reaches out and goes, Oh, I could help. I could fix this. And she derails herself all over again and goes back to her hidey hole because now I got to fix myself and we're depressed and we're angry. I can relate. I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But at what point do you decide how many things you can dip into to make improvement to? And how many things do you need to just say, this is not, not that you don't fit, but this is just not mine to take on right now. Yeah. I mean, looking at, the job perspective in the last year and a half, two years, even before COVID, we were having these conversations of, are we doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Is this the job that you want to do for the rest of your life until you retire? Is there something else that you want to do? Because there are a lot of things that you are really good at that you enjoy, but they just wouldn't pay us what we need to be paid to take care of the family. So we've had this conversation back and forth. Okay. So let's make a, how many year plan? Is how many years you're going to go till you retire. If we can hang with the same company in the same job, we'll do that. And then this is what we're building for. But then stuff starts coming up. And it's like, do I really want to do this for the next 5, 10 years? Can I do this for the next 5 or 10 years? Because things are changing. Rules are changing. People are changing. The mentality you're dealing with now in a younger person in a job is so different than what you and I were raised with. I think that's where you question yourself. It's like, how do I reach somebody that just does not grasp the concept of accountability? There is none. There are a lot of people coming in now to the workplace that it's just like, well, no one held me accountable before. Who the hell are you? Why do I have to listen to you? Or they come in at the very beginning and they're young and it's like, you know, I got a ribbon because I participated in everything I did. So you should give me an attaboy because I feel like I deserve an attaboy. But you screwed up. You don't deserve an attaboy. You deserve somebody to show you you screwed up. We need to fix this. This is now a company issue. They don't have that mentality. See, it's, it's not you against you so much as taking a look at what's around you. And, and I'm in the same spot. It's like, dude, how do I bring up a kid who has absolutely no respect for women at all like none I could say something to him blue in the face and he won't take it he will take it at face value but if I tell him look daddy Quincy said oh yes ma'am no problem or unless I get in his grill and I'm really pissed and the other kids are like dude you've hit a you've hit a spot you need to stop he doesn't take me for it but I don't want him to hate me I don't want to do what she did I want to raise him as ours so how do I broach that without breaking 
that little bit of trust that we have. So I, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, I'm not going to make myself fit into his life. He's going to have to make himself fit to mine. The people you're trying to help, you can't make yourself fit what they need. They have to come to you and be willing to make themselves adjust to fit to what needs to be done. That makes sense? I think I'm tracking on that. You're kind of looking at me like I'm, I'm going all over the place and you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to, to digest it all, even to kind of get it out. Um, Sorry, guys. This is one of those no agenda. We're just having a conversation, and you're sitting along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> I think these things are important just to just to be able to get all all of it out and understand. Even if you walk away with no understanding, at least you get a chance to to, to say and put it out there, you know, and... Oh, sorry. One of the promises I have is that with what we're going through, we'll share it on the podcast. And that's definitely, you know, one of the things that, that I've been going through is, you know, trying to, trying to figure out where I, where I fit. I mean, that's a, that's another concept of maybe you're not supposed to fit. No, because what you're trying to do for people is change them. You're not changing you. You're not adjusting you to fit somebody else's life or somebody else's circumstance. If they're coming to you for help and they're coming to you because you have something that they need or they want, it's not for you to change to give it to them. It's for them because they're seeking what you already have. Why would you change that? Yeah, I don't I'm I don't really know um I don't really know how to apply what I'm talking about. Um, maybe it's that, you know, I want to, I want to feel like I fit somewhere and that I make a difference somewhere. But to make a difference, you're not going to fit. Okay. You're not. Because if you fit, you just become another piece of the puzzle. If you're there to make a difference, you're there to shake up the pieces. Well, I mean, if you, if you're putting a puzzle together, you need all the pieces. But if you're the one who's putting the pieces together, you're not a piece. You're the one who's putting it together. Does that you understand what I'm saying? If you if you're looking at you're chosen for a job, okay? Well, just random. Someone chooses you for a position in a job, okay? Everybody else goes through the same process you do for interviews and background checks, whatever the process is. Mm -hmm. But you're chosen for that job. That does not mean that you need to fit into that job. It means that whatever they saw in you is why they chose you for that job. There's something that they want done there that they see you have the capability to do. That doesn't mean that you're a permanent fixture in that puzzle. You're not a piece to that puzzle. You're the person putting the puzzle together. Hmm. If you were a piece of the puzzle, you would be one of the low-end guys that was being told what to do and how to do it. You're not. You're the guy who's putting all the pieces together. Because ultimately, the goal in anyone's life is, it, it career-wise, is if I get this position, then I do X, Y, and Z, and my next goal is this next position. So you're not staying in that puzzle. You're putting that puzzle together, and you're walking away so that the next guy can come and make sure the puzzle doesn't fall apart. And you move on to the next puzzle. You're not a piece. You're the person putting it together. 
It's yeah. the same thing in, in putting people together. Guys that come to you with a broken marriage or, you know, issues for themselves that they're trying to work through. Yours isn't to be the missing piece in that marriage. Yours is to be the person to put those pieces back together. Does that make sense? Or maybe to help them identify the pieces to put exactly together in their puzzle. You're the person that's overseeing all the stuff splattered all over the table and going, okay, these are the edges. This is this part of the puzzle. This goes to this picture. Because sometimes people can't see that when they're in the middle of it. But you being the person who can enhance them, who can help them with these things, you're given that vision to see how these things click together. That that make more sense? You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that um, that actually says a whole lot. Because um, when you're trying to put... Anissa and I put puzzles together all the time. It, it's kind of our, our mommy and me stuff that we like to do. And the harder the puzzle, the more excited this kid gets. Because she likes to see how many days does it take, how long would it take her and I to do it, and... You know, if the fewer colors or the more intricate the detail, the better. The kid just loves it. But she has an engineer's mindset. She looks at a picture. She can look at something and just automatically know what it is without putting it together. It's the weirdest thing, but it's the coolest thing to watch. And yet, her passions in life have nothing to do with math or science or engineering or building and creating things in that respect. Her passion in life is health and fitness and acting and making people happy. Mm -hmm. That's what she wants to do. So it's not hers to fit. It's hers to look at the situation and say, okay, how can I enhance this? How can I make this better? She is so much your mini me. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's the same thing. It's, it's just you. Well, somebody's playing with the TV. Um, it's you being the one to oversee everything and see what's going on and help people recognize where things go and how they fit. Or you know what? This is a piece to somebody else's puzzle, dude. This doesn't go here. Yeah. <clears throat> I, th I Well, I mean, if this podcast is for nothing else, I think it comes down to exactly what you're just, what you're saying right there. And that's why I had, I took the pen and started writing down because mm -hmm. I kind of got, I kind of had an epiphany of sorts. It's something that I think we can all learn from and something that I, I can, a, a major takeaway is this, is that every puzzle starts put together and that's the puzzle maker. I'm not the puzzle maker. Um, when the puzzle gets to the owner, there's a picture of what the puzzle looks like, but it comes in pieces mm -hmm. and the pieces are mixed up and scattered and they're not put together. But whenever you take the puzzle, lay it out, you have a vision of what it's supposed to look like, you take and you assemble those pieces together because you're the one putting the puzzle together. You're not actually a piece in the puzzle. And that speaks volumes to me. Mm -hmm. That illustrates... That just illustrates a lot to me. Um, I, I don't have any words aside from that, but it it makes total sense of why I don't feel like I fit 
because I'm not a piece of the puzzle. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Like I said, sometimes you're not supposed to fit. I honestly, I, I look at this and I talk to the kids all the time and I think about it. It's like, you know, they want to be part of this group or that group or, you know, they want to get be friends with this person or that person and they, they start shifting things about themselves towards that person. And it's like, hold up. That's, that's not you. You went into this thing, into this friendship as you. Why are you adjusting to be like that person. You were attracted to that person as they are. They were attracted to you as you are. Why are you changing things? Why Why are we shifting? Well, I want to fit in. You already fit in. Just the way you are. So why are you changing something to make yourself fit where you don't belong? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I understand that lesson. That's not the lesson that I'm in the middle of. I'm not trying to, to change myself to fit somewhere. No, you're trying to figure out where you fit. I'm just trying to figure out where does a guy like me fit. I'm, it's not like I'm a master of anything. You know, it's not like I am an engineer that it, that has a mastery of numbers and angles and calculations and whatever it is engineers do. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we as people have this tendency to want to fit, want to belong, want to, to fit in somewhere, somehow, some way. And what if you're not supposed to? I mean, you and I are complete and total opposites in so many ways. Yeah. And yet... Yet we're alike in many, many, many ways. We are, but it's those things that are so different that don't fit, so to speak, that make us the strong marriage that we are, that make us the strong unit that we are for our kids, that show our kids the values and the things that, you know, are important in life for them. Because look at how many people when we first got together were like, oh my God, no way. No freaking way. None of those people are around anymore. And you and I are still kicking, going into 23 years. And we're pretty freaking good at being together and raising our kids. And, you know, it's taken a lot of work. But we never looked at... I can't say we didn't look at it. We finally came to the conclusion, I don't need to change all of me to be the person you need me to be. I need to change the things that are hurting me. You got to change. You have to work on the things that are sabotaging you. Bingo. I work on the things that sabotage me. And then collectively we come together and say, well, here's what we want our marriage to look like. And the healthier and more productive we become as individuals, the better we make our marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I'm stuck back at the puzzle thing. <laughs> I'm back. I'm I'm way back there. I like I like I love that analogy. It helps me make a little bit of sense of something. Yeah. So, I don't like putting puzzles together. No, you don't. But I do like putting people together to create the big picture. Mm -hmm. That's just my simple mind, you know, working through the answer to this question. And it was answered on this podcast. It's more profound than my vocabulary would support. 
And that's the truth. I'm glad I thought of it. Mm-hmm. There's probably you. Eh, I might have had some help. Well. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck there. And I'm laughing because the, the title says the struggles are real. Yeah, we've just stumped him, folks. He's, he's got this, huh, expression on his face, and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> nope, I can't move on. So we'll move on. This is where we're at. We're learning to put together pieces of, of puzzles and learning how to put ourselves back in the front seat rather than the back seat. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to figure out a way to balance out being needed and doing what's needed for myself. And you're going to figure out that you're supposed to be putting things together, not trying to fit into them. Okay. Come on, Bob the Builder. You got this. <laughs> I hate dead air. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do, but you're stumped. <laughs> you are absolutely stumped. Yeah. All right, so I think we need to call this one since we're. Yeah, I'll have you take. Uh, I'll have you take this episode out. Go. I don't even know how to take the episode out. You hear me do it all the time. That's because it's your job. Hey, I'm not looking to fit in here. Okay. I'm here to look pretty and give good answers. Just do your side well, of the well, deal. Well, you're doing your job. <laughs> All right, just for practice before we end this, all you would say is, I'm Jeannie, that's Quincy, and this is Man versus Marriage. So give that a shot. And he just did it, so we'll see you all next time. But I'm not Jeannie. <laughs> Let's hear you close it out, honey. Go for it. I'm Jeannie, and he's Quincy. That's it for now. For Man versus Marriage. Gosh. I'll take it. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.